0: Bobby Orr behind the The Senators
1: the first Thirty seconds left in the period. The Bruins are short-handed. Ray Bourque.
0: From the face of the to the right of Reggie Limbaugh, firing it down and with more it. Did he ever? One To Berger on the drive, save rebound, is loose. Saving kicks him loose. Hey, Bruins fans, a very special guest from Buffalo for the Prospects Challenge um, is my friend, Anthony Gwikowski. How's it going, Anthony, from Bruins Network?
1: How's it going? It's going well, Mark. It's going well. You know, just uh, took the long ride up here and, you know, got got a little bit hectic on the highways for a bit, but I managed, you know, being that I'm from Rhode Island and, you know, the farthest I ever have to drive is about 25 miles. So... Definitely a, an adjustment, but I'm here and, you know, excited to get after it.
0: Um, I'm, I'm pumped to have you on because if, if you guys don't follow this guy on Twitter, <clears throat> excuse me, it's at Bruins Network. And he does a fantastic job with videos and he breaks down prospect and he does great analysis. And, and I'm, I'm pumped to have him anytime, whether he's in Rhode Island or anywhere in the world. But particularly right now, he's in Buffalo covering the prospect challenge. And, um, I want to just go over a a couple of players and just some thoughts on some of the, some of the, not notably the invites, they are going to get good looks for possible future contracts down the road, possibly even East coast league contracts, even further down the road, uh, as the, uh, camps wind down to the regular season. So, uh, let's just start from the top on the forwards of this list that I got from the bostonbruins.com website is, uh is that recently signed two-year deal and an AHL contract, Samuel Asseline. What do you think about him and his addition after he uh, led the queue in the, uh, in goals last year?
1: Uh, well, before I get started on that, just thank you for the kind words. You just started, uh, you know, promoting me there and hyping me up. Appreciate having a hype man in the studio. Um, <laughs> and as far as Samuel goes, you know, I, I'm really, really intrigued by that. And I think it's a great signing one way or another. Um, you know, I, I think the Bruins have been doing a real good job of scouting those leagues and really finding you know under the radar players. And you know, you had Gallupo last year, and he you know did the same thing. He was a bit of a late bloomer, and you know he was a bit of an overage player, and he kind of had the same trajectory as as Samuel does. And I just think there's more with Samuel than there is you know with someone like Gallupo. And I'll tell you why, because when you watch Samuel play. He's kind of like a Brad Marchand type player. You know, he's, he's a pretty high-end two-way forward, and he's not afraid to get in and get after it. He gets into the dirty areas. He goes in front of the net. He absolutely loves to score around there. And he just tries to play a complete game. And I think there's something there. And, and whether or not it translates, you know, that's yet to be seen. But I think he's going to be a welcomed addition in Providence. And he's just an under-the-radar player to keep an eye on. He's got the talent, he's got the skills and, you know, the willingness and drive just to get in there. And like I said, just get after it. It's nice to see from, you know, a young player and especially from the Q. And um, I'm, I'm excited to see him today.
0: Yeah. And if, um, if uh, Aline Bissonette, the uh, scout for the Q had anything to do with this, uh, he had a good eye on this one. So uh, kudos to him. Uh, moving on to a, a- a little bit of a polarizing player the past couple of years. Um, and it's not because of his lack of playing, but, uh, you know, his injury history, not a big deal in my opinion. But Anders Bjork, um, where do you see him coming into this camp and, uh, and where after, after camp happens? Uh, do you see him at, at the AHL or, or starting in the AHL or NHL level?
1: Um, I personally think he's going to start in the AHL just because I don't think there's going to be, be enough spaces in Boston. Um, and you know, you mentioned his, his injury history and yeah, I mean, I'm, it's, it's on my radar as, as a concern, but it's still not a huge red flag for me. You know, it's not like, you know, he's out there getting pounded and getting concussion after concussion after concussion It's a shoulder injury. And, you know, we've seen it uh, a lot of times in, in the NHL and AHL and younger leagues where guys come in and they get banged up a bit and, you know, they have to go through a surgery or two and it's not his knees, it's not his feet, it's not his ankles, you know, it's not a deadly, you know, ailment of some kind. It's it's an unfortunate shoulder injury that got re-agitated and who knows, maybe it wasn't healed properly or, you know, maybe there was just another underlying condition. I, I don't know the extent of it, but we saw a similar... Thing happened with Peter Solark. You know, he had a, a very similar surgery to that. And six months later, he came in and he was better for it. You know, he looked like a better player. He looked stronger. He looked faster. And he just looked more comfortable. And, you know, part of Bjork last year, I didn't see that comfort that I saw the first time around. And part of that's just growing and part of it's, you know, maybe kind of you know, being nervous on the ice because, you know, he did take a couple big hits in Boston and, you know, Matt Martin specifically absolutely crushed him open ice. And yeah. And I mean, you know, that's, that's just kind of like a welcome to the NHL moment. And it's like, listen, you gotta, you know, be aware of, of those around you and you have to, you know, do what Pasternak did and, you know, Pasternak did the similar thing and, you know, he struggled with injuries and, you know, he was lighter, he was smaller you know, he was slimmer and he was trying to play that, you know, really finesse style, but there was no meat and potatoes to his game and you got to have some of it. And Bjork, I think he's, he's, you know, as high end a talent as, as, you know, anyone else in the system, it's just whether or not he can piece it together and and get it going. And, you know, if he can just sit back and say, Hey, I need to add this, this and this to my game. I need to add the strength. I need to add, you know, a, a bit more grit and a bit more sandpaper. And, you know, I I just need to play a little bit smarter and adjust. And I think he'll get there. You know, he's, he's far too talented of a player and far too intelligent of a player to not get it. And him as a person, you know, he just gets it. And I've spoken with him multiple times personally, and I've spoken with people who know him personally and from everything I've gathered from my interactions, he's just, you know, a pro is pro. He's mature beyond his age. And it's just seems like this is a journey he's destined for. So I I do think he's going to have to start in Providence because, I mean, if you look at the roster, you got Peter Solark, who kind of has to be on the team, right? Because it's either that or he's going to get sent down, and there's no shot he makes it through waivers. I I don't believe so either. I think he's going to get claimed immediately. And, and, you know, just based off the the stint he had last year playing in the top nine, I mean, you know, he looked like an NHL player. And I know a lot of people out there, you know, they question whether or not, you know, I'm – overrating guys or, or whatever, or getting too excited about them. And, and, you know, I, I get it. And it's just something I take in stride. But, you know, he's a legitimate NHL player. And, you know, maybe Bruce Cassidy is not the best coach for him. And maybe the Bruins don't have the best setup for him. But that's a player that I could see, you know, going and having the third line career of consistent, you know, 40 point seasons and just being a guy who's you know, driving the play and making subtle plays in the neutral zone like we saw. And then, you know, he's an assassin once he's in the zone. And if you can get him set up in there, and, you know, a second power play unit or even on the top unit, he can just be someone that's, you know, maybe like a Chris Versteeg type player who's just a utility third liner. And, you know, he's just got the skill to, you know, get it done. And, and that's what I saw, you know, and that's what I still see from him. And I mean, it's no accident he was on pace for you know a well above thirty goal season as a rookie in Providence, and you know he goes through the motions too. He's a player where you know he's hot and cold, but you know he grinds hard and he's a big body. And I, I've talked to a lot of people in in the hockey world and hockey ops personnel, and you know they all praise his his combination of size and skill, and his skating is definitely you know one of his. Issues, I'd say, and and I don't even know if it's so much as an issue as he's just, you know, not that fast of a player. And there's some some guys are are like that, but some guys also have fine careers without that, you know. And maybe he's not going to be the first guy in the zone, but if you can get someone on his line like a David Krejci who can get you in the zone or a Jake Dubosk like we saw, if they can get you in the zone and you can set up, well, there you go. Especially around the boards and down low, his his passing and his vision, his control. And, you know, he can just put the puck in the net, too. So I think Peter Solark would be a welcomed addition to pretty much any roster out there in the NHL. It's just I don't think he's going to, you know, end up sticking around in, in Boston just because the, the spots and the spaces, especially yeah. with guys like, you know, and I know I got off on a bit of a tangent there when we were talking about Bjork. But, <laughs> you know, I, I think it ties into Bjork because – the optimal spot for for Bjork right now is either going to be, you know, top line next to Bergeron where he started, you know, as, as a rookie, or somewhere on the third line, you know, next to Coyle or you know maybe on the second line next to Krejci if you know Pasternak's not there. You know, I, I just think between Solaric, Kuhlman, and you know roster hopeful Zach Senishin that there's not going to be enough spots for him. Plus, you got guys like Nick Ritchie, uh, you know, in the, in the mix and Par Lindholm and, and, you know, you have all these other guys who are just, you know, going to be gunning for spots and it's not going to be a friendly place to, you know, get yourself solidified on the roster. So unless you're coming into camp and, you know, absolutely are, are a can't miss person. But, you know, the fact that Solar can't be, you know, exposed to waivers and Bjork can just makes me think that Bjork's going to start in Providence
0: yeah and you know hopefully the best for him and and he gets it and he gets some NHL time to really show what what he can do and 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 to the Debbie Downers uh, about him that constantly trash him just because he can't stay healthy I I don't find that as a valid
1: narrative so it's not and and it's 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 unfortunate too because I mean if you if you can just sit back and look at him and not be you know, one of those older-minded hockey fans who says things like, oh, he's soft, he's yeah. this, he's that, he's too light, he's too that. Well, the game's trending. And like I said, he's going to need to put a little bit of sandpaper on him and, and, you know, upgrade his grit a little bit. But not all that much, just enough just to withstand some some hits. And I thought he was doing a good job of that, honestly. And, and you know, in Providence, I thought he was doing a good job of it, too. You know, he had his head up the whole way for some of his highlight reel plays down there, and you know when he was gaining the line and you know passing through the neutral zone, his head was up from when he got sent down. His head was up, and unfortunately, you know, a a questionable play from Nathan Walker took him out, and you know that was something I overreacted to because of camera angles and whatnot. But you know, I still think it was a greasy play, and you know, it's just unfortunate that you know something like that had to you know send them back because well. He looked to be trending in the right direction.
0: That hit happened at the dunk, right? W- weren't you there?
1: Uh, I wasn't there, actually. Oh, okay. I, I, was, I was streaming it. Um, I, I couldn't be there that, that day. And the, the camera quality is just not yeah, I know. optimal, <laughs> as, as you, know, you know, streaming. And, and you know, I, I, <laughs> I watched the Pickering Panthers stream a lot, you know, to, to watch McFaul. Yep. And their stream quality is better than Providence. They got a weird camera angle. That's the OG. Yeah. Yeah, that is, that is you know, that's not a, you know, prominent league. Yeah. And, you know, they got one of those weird, you know, like in the bench camera angles, which, you know, I appreciate. But, you know, in terms of quality, it's just, you know, not great. So, you know, you see some of the stuff. And, look, I know who and what I am. And, you know, sometimes I have the emotion part of it. And it's something I've had to tone down. And, you know, just like I said, taking stride. but. Um, yeah anyways I, I think you know it's unfortunate that Bjork has a bad rap of being some guy who can't stay healthy and he's too soft and he doesn't look like he's going to make it because of that or I don't see it I don't just see it with him he's not a you know a Bruins type of player well honest to God he's he's in my eyes aside from Pasternak the most talented you know U23 player they got you know U24 player I think he's got more natural skill than Jake DeBrusque has too. I just think, you know, DeBrusque is someone that can apply it better and he knows how to apply it better. And, you know, ultimately that's what's the difference maker between prospects making the jump or not. Right. It's, it's whether or not they can put it together, how they put it together and how they adjust,
0: exactly. you know,
1: someone, someone like DeBrusque who plays like a, you know, a, a prime time Anaheim, uh, you know, Matt Bolesky type of uh, North South bull-esque, you know, style of play, you know, he can do everything from like that, and you know Bjork hasn't you know found that yet, and it's not his game, and and I'm not knocking him because his game is more of a surgical, well thought out two way, you know. Let me see how many high end plays I can make, and it just happens naturally for him. You know, it's more of a Pasternak type, you know, style than it is, um, you know, DeBrusque, and and I see him, and and sometimes I see a young match, uh, you know, Max Pacioretty from. From, you know, Bjork, especially when he drops down to a knee to take a one-timer or, you know, when he's letting it rip, it just, it's very similar to me of, of that type of player. So, you know, it's unfortunate, but I, I think if if he can stay healthy and, you know, his body allows him to get past his injury woes and his shoulder issues, then I think, you know, fans are going to be, once again, high on him.
0: Absolutely. Uh, moving on to another guy with some size and some grit, and it, it's one of my favorite forwards is Trent Frederick. Um, I don't care where you put this guy. You put him in the AHL or the NHL. He is going to give you something to see. And um, I'm looking forward to him um, at whatever level, like I said. But where do you see him fitting in? I know you talked about size, grit, and a lot of third line mentions in the previous conversations about other players. But Trent Fredericks is a kind of player that lines up to be NHL third line ready within a year or two. What do you say?
1: Yeah, and, and you know it's interesting because he seemed to get uh, a lot of highs and lows this season in terms of fans and, and media members, right? He started, you know, real hot in his first game fighting, and he came out swinging quite literally. And you know, uh, after, after that, that, he right he, he, at the he,
0: yeah first game out of Wisconsin, he got into a fight. In yep, the professional NHL game he gets one, which is. <laughs> And to see his parents in the, in the stands was awesome. <laughs>
1: yeah, and, you know, that's, um, that's something that you love to see, first of all, from, from a, a kid who is young. And, and you know, he, when he was drafted, obviously he was criticized because a lot of people, myself included, just didn't see it. And we didn't know that, you know, he was nursing a hand injury that apparently no one knew except the Boston Bruins because, once again, it's a good, good organization that does their homework when they're scouting. Um, you know, it's just miraculous to see that he went from being a guy who is wrongly deemed someone who only has a ceiling of, you know, a third and fourth liner when realistically at, at Wisconsin, he was showing all signs of being a top six forward. And, you know, you can't find his size and his speed and, and you know, his north to south skill at that physical package. You just, you can't find it. And, you know, the only other guy I can think of right now that has that blend of, of skill, you know, and, and as young is Tom Wilson. And, you know, I, I detest Tom Wilson for various reasons. And it, it has nothing to do with, with emotion. It's just, you know, I, I don't agree with a lot of the things he does on the ice. And I think Trent Frederick has a potential to be that type of player, you know, that Tom Wilson is, except, you know, more skilled, more level-headed. And, you know, he seems to get it. He seems to know when and where and, and what he can't do. You know, he, he dots his I's, he crosses the T's. He's a smart player, very smart, um, very physical, very nasty, has a mean streak to him. And, and, you know, I see guys just jump out of the way of him a, a lot of the time in Providence. And, you know, you, you can't hear much from the press box in Providence except for, you know, screaming children and, and families. <laughs> but you can hear when, when, you know, he's hitting people against the board. He's one of the few players that you can actually hear, you know, the, the impact. And, you know, when it quiet downs in there, you can hear his stride too. And that's one thing that, you know, when I've seen him at, at, you know, development camps or training camps at warrior or, you know, whether it practices at Providence, you know, at, at the dunk, I like to stay ice level because I like to hear the skating. It's just a weird thing of mine. You know, it, ever since I got a chance to hear Dennis Seidenberg, you know, years and years ago before I started getting into the media, you know, I used to hear him, you know, ice level a couple times when I was at, you know, a couple camps and practices and, you know, I was just as a fan then, but he had those T blades and just the way that he carved with his absolutely monstrous legs, just the, the sound that it made was just so pure.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and, you know, that's when I really started focusing more on, on the way that, that players sound when they skate. And maybe that's, you know, kind of like a weird thing to hear because it's just skates on ice. But yeah, but yeah, it's it's just, you know, something that I've been able to get a, 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 you know, a decent handle on. And when Frederick's skating, man, it is pure. And it started off being a little choppy, you know, when I had first saw him. But, you know, now it's just like that pure Dennis Seidenberg, you know, low swinging strength. From from his his hips. And like I said, you know, you you don't get that that sense of of agility from a guy of, of his stature and his strength and, you know, that physical package. So I think Frederick, the sky's the limit with him. You know, it's 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 whether or not, you know, he can take his skills and, you know, mesh it all together with his body in one cohesive unit. And I think, you know, he's got the potential to be a second line David Backus type player. And I really do think that, you know, this year in Providence, he's going to open a lot more eyes. Because, again, you know, he scored a decent amount last year. And, you know, he just went out and got it done. And that's the thing about Frederick. He gets off the bench. He gets on the ice. He gets the puck. And it's north-south. You know, it's off to the races. He's got a hell of a wrist shot, too. I mean, his release is something else.
0: NHL release, purely.
1: It is. And, and, you know, you've seen it obviously, you know, streaming your Providence games and, you know, you've seen him in person a lot too. And, and, you know, when he gets on the puck and he just lets it rip, it's an accurate hard shot. And, you know, I, I think this year he's, he's going to have a lot more talent around him and, you know, Providence has a lot more interesting players coming in and and it's going to open up a door for Frederick to, you know, really take a more commanding presence down the middle and, you know, just have more people to help him produce. And I think, you know, he could be, you know, somewhere in the the 40 to 50-point range down there. Um, Unfortunately, I I don't think he's going to get much look in Boston this year just because, uh, you know, aside from injuries, there's just too many people in the way, right? And, you know, barring any trades or any other personnel moves, it's just I don't think there's going to be space for him. Uh, You know, last year he caught, you know, a a decent look because of injuries and, you know, trying to see – where exactly he projected and where he was. And look, through his, you know, 15 or so games in, in Boston, I I didn't think he looked that out of place, honestly. I think there were some things he could have did better. And, and, you know, I think adjusting to the pace and the quickness was obviously a visible, um, you know, quirk of his. But, you know, at the end of the day, I, I think he played pretty well. And I think he showed a lot of potential too.
0: I thought he was – in his NHL games, and yes, I believe it was 15, or 12 to or 15 range, whatever that was – but uh, I thought he was very strong in the face-off circle. I thought that that yeah. was his, one of his best attributes that I saw. But because he wasn't putting the points in and getting, you know, the notoriety from a goal scorer or an assist guy, that, that got overlooked. So, But th- that's all of, of the things you want to see in the prospect. You want to see those small things and then flourish into a better player.
1: Yeah, and, and I agree. And, and, you know, it's – a. a bit of irony that, you know, we're sitting here praising his, his face off work in the NHL because before he got called up and, you know, before this season, I was sitting there saying, you know what, one of his biggest uh, you know, issues for me right now is he needs to get better at face offs. You know, his timing needs to be better and his his jumpiness he needs to settle down a bit and, you know, just work through it. And, you know, it's it's just development. He's still really young. So, um, you know, as a rookie last year he was, you know, pretty good actually. And, and he made vast improvements from, you know, previous times I saw him, especially at the face-off dot. that was, that was something that he had very marked improvement with. And, you know, the, the points will come in the NHL form. He didn't, you know, he wasn't really put into the best situation. And, you know, a, a lot of that just comes from, from learning. And I mean, you know, he was a rookie last year and, and a lot of people need to remember that. Um, so even just to get in the NHL as as a rookie is pretty big, especially for a, a kid that wasn't projected to be really anything by a lot of people, myself included. Um, I missed the boat on that one big time, and I couldn't even get a life a life <laughs> raft back to it. But you know, um, Frederick is is he's definitely a, a good talent, and you know he's a great kid. I've spoken with him, and very polite, um, very very you know, athletic kid. And I think a lot of that's going to help him along the way. And and he wants to learn, he wants to help, and he wants to be a part of the, this organization. So I, I do think he's going to make it. And, and I think he's going to be a pretty useful player for Boston in whatever capacity they have him with.
0: Hey, Bruins fans, Michael Allred right here. Um, unfortunately, had to end the uh, audio recording there. Uh, we only got about 26 minutes of Anthony Kwatowski at Bruins Network on Twitter. He's a fantastic follow, absolutely knowledgeable, and in his insight on his videos and, and everything from the Boston Bruins at the NHL level down to the prospects around the world, this, this guy needs to be followed and, and is definitely an up-and-comer. So, um, unfortunately, we had to leave it at the uh, Trent Frederick discussion, and, and Anthony said that we'd get back uh, sometime soon after he's done with his duties in Buffalo, so we thank him for his time out there doing this recording today so uh, I'm just kind of kind of pissed off that we didn't get to talk about uh, Jakob Laco, Pavel Shen, Oscar Steen, Jax um, and on the back end Axel Anderson, um, Jojo Vakanainen, Cooper Zach, and goaltenders um, Kyle Kaiser and Dan Budar but uh, those are all names I really wanted to get into the prospect challenge that is in Buffalo and that's what Anthony is out there covering so I wanted to Uh, have somebody that was uh, on the inside out in Buffalo so I I got uh, I got 26 minutes of of I thought was really good really good insight from him so hopefully you enjoy Uh, this isn't an official episode it's just a bonus pod so just throwing it out there because it is the prospect challenge and and uh, Anthony's got a lot of really really good things to say about some of the players that we, we did were able to get audio on so Um, hopefully you enjoy and uh, he said he'll be back so we'll get some uh, uh, some more audio and and video for the new youtube channel the black and gold hockey podcast youtube channel that i would highly suggest you go and subscribe and check out for the upcoming year especially when you're talking about providence Bruins and prospects down below so um, thank you very much for listening to this bonus pod we got a couple more coming out today so i'm going to try to do as much as I can this weekend and episode one forty four of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast will be recorded on September eighth. Early morning September eighth. So uh our regular program will be then. So stay tuned for that. Thank you very much for listening guys. Appreciate it. And thanks to Bruins Network. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Black and Gold Hockey Podcast.